my brain just died. All those who seek their life will lose it, and all those who lose their like life for my fi- for my sake. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat. Let me repeat that without stuttering. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of the the biblical verse: "All those who seek their life will lose it, and all those who lose their." I <laughs> uh, hope that you're going to be editing this. <laughs> yeah, but it's going. To uh, for yeah, for so repeating. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. And this is take two on trying to record this episode for you guys. So we found out that our recording equipment, Skype, because I'm remote right now, so recording two separate places, does not like our recording equipment. So we actually had to finagle it a little bit. And because before, Gordon sounded like a robot. And it was Robot Gordon. Robo Gordon. Robo Gordon. Uh, yeah. And so it was very interesting. It's not as cool as RoboCop or like... No, it's not cool at all. Yeah, it was really bad, actually. So I we got like two seconds into this video and I was like, hey, Gordon, you sound like... Or this recording, rather. And I was like, Gordon, you sound terrible. And I meant that with as much love as <laughs> one can can mean when they tell somebody else that they sound like they're a metal can. Yeah. But apparently, the, the fancier the equipment, the tougher it is for Skype. So we made it as simple as possible, and here we are, trying this so, again. Yes. So as I had mentioned, I haven't really taken any new media since our last recording. But have you taken anything in? Yes. So I think it's been like two weeks, maybe three weeks. But me and Lizzie have been watching a lot of Downton Abbey. That's most right. of the media I've been intaking. We're almost done with season two. We love it. I think I've talked to Clint a few times and told him, like, hey, this is what I'm watching. And he's just like, I tried it. I just couldn't get into it. But it's great. I mean, we we are attached to characters. Like, when stuff goes down, we're just, like, we get all heated or, or we get all sad. And we just, like, we're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's happening. And so, yeah, we can't get enough. Yeah. Is, is David Tennant in that? Uh, if he is, he's not in it yet, but I don't think so. Oh, okay, never mind. I just looked it up. He is, I think, a, plays as maybe a guest star. Okay. Either way, I don't know. I'm not very familiar with it. I mean, I, I know of the show. It was really big when I was in college. A lot of my friends watched it, yeah. but I never really even gave it too much of a chance. So I, not that like it's not something I would watch. I just haven't. This isn't something I've gotten around to. So. Yeah. But yeah, very cool. Yeah, other than that, I... It's, it's it was kind of a while ago, but uh, me and Lizzie also went and saw because there's like a dollar theater really close to us. Okay. So a while yeah. back we went and saw The Upside. Mm. And if you're, did you ever see that one, or you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it, but yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. It was good. It was like a nice feel-good movie. We laughed a, a whole bunch because Kevin Hart's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Well, Kevin Hart. Yeah, he's very very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I would like to I'd like to see that. I mean, I'm a big fan of. Um, Brian those kind of movies oh yeah. just like feel good yeah and just also like i imagine it is it, i assume it's got to be at least somewhat funny because i imagine kevin hart just oh, by who very, he is. yeah it's very funny yeah cool anyway so actually this episode to segue terribly as i'm ought <laughs> to do is a very unique episode actually so ty halligan who uh, we mentioned last week as one of our new patrons on patreon actually requested this episode a while ago so we're finally doing that and it's also kind of a at least for me sort of a a thank you to ty for his support yeah yeah this was requested i don't i don't know how long just kind of found out recently he's kind of a super fan if you could say we had one he's he's up there well if it makes you feel any better gordon you were the original super fan to the point where clint and i made you a podcaster with us that's true he could be the fourth could <laughs> yeah but yeah it just i was kind of going over top we were trying to like you know knock down topics people have requested and i was going mm-hmm. over the list and i saw you know his name and i was like well he's just started like walking alongside us in this so 
yeah, kind of as you said, as, as I thank you, let's kind of go down this topic. And so he requested a song, which I always love doing songs. Songs, there's always, it's really interesting in a movie. We can talk about like one theme for like the 40 minutes of the podcast, but like for a song, because there's so many words we're looking at, it just provokes a lot of conversation so easily. I always like doing songs because <laughs> of the whole Christ and culture thing that we do. Right. I always started doing songs. Like from a young age, I would always kind of like, and by young age, I mean really not that young. But it's something that I've always done is like heard things in songs that reminded me of the faith in some way. So it's I always like it because I think that songs are really like in a lot of ways modern day poetry. You know, I think we, you know, no one goes out there and buys books of poetry anymore, but we all listen to songs. And a lot of these songwriters are really good lyricists and they're actually saying a lot in their words. And so I always appreciate that. Yeah, I I, can, I think I can I can agree. I I've just always been drawn to songs. I never really applied I think faith stuff to songs growing up, but more recently like I listen to songs and usually I picture like either the song as a prayer or the song as like something God is saying. And so it, it's real yeah. fun. I think for me I've just seen like parallels, but not even from like the youngest of ages because yeah I certainly wasn't you know a young lad in the 90s listening to Backstreet Boys thinking like, where are the Christian themes in this? Uh, God wants but, me that way. Oh my, we're we're going to get that request for a <laughs> podcast now. And this is your fault. So anyway, song for Ty. Yes. Kendrick Lamar, he requested how much a dollar cost, which I don't know. Do you know if Kendrick Lamar is Christian? Um, I don't. I think he is yeah. sort of. Well, I mean, he's pretty famous. I I don't actually know off the top of my head if he's like explicitly Christian. Yeah, I don't either. But I do like a lot of his stuff. I uh, do too. Yeah, I, I love Kendrick Lamar. He, he the thing with with Kendrick that I appreciate he's very authentic. You know, like he doesn't really try to be anyone in particular. You know, like he really is. You know, he's actually struggled with stuff, and so he's actually like, I don't know. He just seems very like he's actually talking about something that's real you know yeah yeah if you go to his earlier stuff the first like his mixtapes you know it's it's still very good but it's kind of your usual i think not usual i would say stereotypical kind of like rap songs as well still very good stuff but then in his last few two albums i would say it's kind of like what you said like where he's picking on very pertinent core issues that he thinks need to be talked on whether they're personal whether they're political whether it's you know racial he he kind of just like he's he's sharing this theme or this message in this his uh his songs really well and so the reason i asked if you thought he was if you thought he was christian if you knew is because this song as you will see is extremely christian it's it's very much a story and that's what it is it's a story that talks about like what it means to have mercy and all these things so we'll get into that but i was just curious so it's how much a dollar costs and to start the first two lines actually says just that how much does a dollar really cost the question is detrimental paralyzing my thoughts so kind of to start this podcast i was wondering if we could just discuss that question how much does a dollar cost whether you take that literally or in any other way well i I don't think people listen to this podcast to hear me talk about economic policy (laughs) <laughs> but i will say that yeah i think that i think it's a really thought-provoking question because to me and, and i don't want to like jump the gun too much on the other themes maybe throughout the rest of the song but to me when i hear that question like how much a dollar really cost is it's you know like the time that's put in for it or like how much you're willing to sacrifice for that dollar you know like how much we're willing to sacrifice for wealth Right. So I was actually talking to a really good friend of mine, uh, Joe, this past weekend, and we were talking about sort of society in general, particularly fatherhood, um, and how there's a lot of things in our society that have come about because of just like a, a breakdown of family. And yes, like, you know, in, in a lot of cases, it's where the, the father isn't around, but sometimes they're physically around, but emotionally they're not. 
you know, and how detrimental that is, especially as Christians, for us to understand God as a loving father when we either don't know our father or they're emotionally distant or they're not really invested in our lives, right? And that there's a certain sense of machismo, you know, Mm. in that, right? Like, oh, like that, like that's for you know, the the mom to take care of. And, and that's actually more of a, a relatively new phenomenon. Some scholars will say, like, you know, a lot of people point to World War II because a lot of those guys came back with a lot of, like, PTSD and, and alcoholism was very prevalent. But probably even before that, you know, people used to be farmers and carpenters and the like before sort of moving to the city. And so then they moved to the city and they started working 16-hour days and they went from being incredibly involved in you know, their families' lives to not being involved at all to provide for them, right? And so my question, I guess when I hear that question in light of that conversation is, you know, how much are we sacrificing the love or the importance of family and our loved ones sort of chasing down wealth, right? Yeah, and I, I agree because I think the play on words within that question is obviously – cost and opposed to money so like you know water burger costs like eight dollars for a meal versus mm-hmm. like the cost like you were saying in the beginning to achieve mm-hmm. that dollar which you know like what is the cost or in other words what's the sacrifice being made for that dollar so like you said the sacrifice might be less familial time or working more and being less within the family to achieve wealth or, or whatever that is. And right. For some reason, as we're talking about like cost and like that, that thought, I keep thinking back to the scenes in, in infinity war and in game with like the soul stone. Mm. And they're like, like what's the, how do we get the soul stone? And he's like, well, the, it's a pretty big cost, um, you know, soul for a soul. And so, like, there's always some kind of exchange, something being sacrificed. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing because, you know, obviously I'm talking just sort of that familiar time. But, you know, I think sometimes we sacrifice even our faith for it, right? That, you know, we might put our prayer life or even maybe not go to church as often because we're like, well, I have to work, you know, or like I'm going to do this job or something like that. And so it ends up being put on the back burner and... For me, that sort of brings up in my mind is Luke chapter 16, verse 13, Mm. where no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon, or mammon was a form of currency. And I think that, like, that's something that that is still a very real uh, struggle, you know, as to, like, what do we make our God? Is the dollar actually just something that we realize that we're working so that we can, you know— live and survive and maybe provide for our loved ones or is it something that we're chasing down as our own god right something there's more value in it that we're putting more value in it and that's creating more of a cost to achieve um, that's less beneficial to ourselves than it should be yeah Uh, and so then it kind of moves on so he kind of posts that question kind of says like that question's been like eating at eating away at him um and he Uh says there's parasites in my stomach Keep me with a gut feeling. Got to see how I'm chilling once I park this luxury car, hopping out, feeling as big as Mutombo. And so in the beginning, he paints this picture that like with this thought of like how much is a dollar, like like what is this, what's the cost, you know, what, what's lost. It's it's this, there's this parasite that's like keeping him with this gut feeling that something's not right in achieving like wealth, or there's there's something lost in achieving wealth. And and I think you know parasites are a relationship where one thing get something out of it and the other the other thing loses something entirely and so when yeah. i think we're talking about our faith parasites are definitely just attributed to like sin or or satan who like wins and we lose and so yep. it's kind of like I don't, I don't know but just that idea he he feels uneasy with this idea of what wealth is yeah well i think that that we get to the point where like when ultimately whenever we seek something that isn't god we end up finding that it's empty, you know, like whenever we try to get fulfilled. And so that's maybe how I guess like parasites really work is they actually take from you that these parasites are, draw your blood away, right? They actually take away your life um, or your lifeblood. And so, yeah, I think that like that metaphor for sin, realizing that you're actually losing something, right. you know, 
Yeah. And we can either rip off the parasite, right? If it's like a leech that's on us, we can either pull the leech off or continue to let it suck us dry. Right. The longer we allow it to happen, like the more detrimental it could be too. Yeah. Um, and on the other half of that stanza, he's kind of painting this picture of like, he's driving in a nice car. He jumps out feeling like this awesome basketball player and doing some research. I found out like, this is kind of where Kendrick got the idea for this song. He was actually riding around in a nice car in a, in a, in a rough area. He would see homeless people on the street and he was purposely trying to avoid like eye contact or having conversation with them because it made him mm. feel uneasy, like obtaining this wealth through talents that he was given. But now like he was like, I don't want to like have this conversation with you guys because I don't have to explain myself, all these things. There's something that keeps them uneasy. And then that's what poses the first question. And I think it's pretty yeah. common today. Yeah, no, that actually really speaks to me because I mean, obviously doing what I do, I really think and truly believe that you know like my money isn't really mine you know like ultimately everything i have is gifted to me by god and so i think when we're like avoiding the homeless then we're really missing out on matthew 25 mm. you know like if we're not giving of ourselves then we've really i think missed something and i think that's what's making him uneasy is knowing that he has the means to make a difference in somebody's life but he's not you know he's avoiding it he's he's serving mammon instead of god you know totally he gets to a gas station goes and gets gas and he's and then he says he walked out of the gas station a homeless man with a semi-tan complexion asked me for tin rand stressing about dry land rand kind of paints the picture that he's in he's in africa because rand mm -hmm. is the currency for one dollar there okay and so there's this homeless person outside and they're like can i have a dollar and then he he ends with like stressing about dry land which dry land for i think the situation means like he's where if they're in africa and from kind of the research i was doing on this song like where he's trying to paint the picture some of the nicer people have more like the areas they live in are less dry and so he's stressing about like the the area that he's stuck in so it's either his homeless situation or whatever but it also it also could be st some kind of struggle that got him there whether it was like addiction or or, or work or something like that so he's stressing about that this issue into his current situation but on the flip side whenever i hear dry land i think of like the book of exodus and the desert yeah yeah for sure i also think um of like almost like a dryness of faith you know to like whenever we we refer to that it's like you know when you when you hear of christ he is the living water right this this well uh you would drink and you will never thirst right that that well is the one that doesn't dry right run dry Right. And so something I think about that. And so, yeah, I think it's really talking about like struggle and poverty. But I also think that, you know, it's also talking about like a spiritual poverty, maybe, you know, of like human connection, especially when you're talking about homeless. I often wonder, you know, we all desire to be loved and seen. And I think one of the tragedies with homeless people is that we we avoid eye contact with them. A lot of people, you know, like we don't want to be bothered. We avoid eye contact. Mm -hmm. And how difficult it must be to not be seen as a person and what that must do to you, you know, like how much that must cut you to the core. Because there are times in our own lives where we feel like we're not being seen and it hurts us. And yet that's an everyday reality for a lot of people. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think another problem, too, is coming come at this next part where he says deep water, powder blue skies that crack open. A piece of crack that he wanted i know i knew he was smoking he begged and he pleaded asking to feed him twice i didn't believe it told him to beat it contributing money just for his pipe i couldn't see it and i think a big problem outside of not being seen as a person is just like the assumptions or the judgment that we can put on homeless whether like we think that the way they live their life is how they ended up there or even like the money if they're asking for like help or money is not going to something useful. And that's what he's doing right here, where he's assuming that he, the money he's at, that one dollar he's asking for is going to go to drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, yeah. a, it's, it's a real problem because you think about judgment and what, it, what like true judgment is like God's judgment. And that's not something we can put on somebody else ourselves. That's something that I've, I've often struggled with or, or given a lot of thought to 
is is really my place to judge whether or not I should give to that person, you know? And, you know, should I just, like, should we be assuming the worst or should we assume the best? And I think, like, a lot of people that I know will, you know, for him, he's saying, ask me to feed him twice, right? So I I think it's interesting because you could easily go and, like, buy him the food, you know? Yeah. So I was in San Antonio about a month ago or so. And I parked my car in like the downtown area because I was just there for a minute. So I popped over to um, the cathedral. I went to confession um, and I came back and there was like a there was a homeless guy there. And well, when I first parked, I saw him there and I was like, hey, like, I'm just about to run into this church. And, and, and I told him and it was like very half heartedly. But it was like if I like see an ATM, like I'll see if I can get some cash because I didn't have any on me. And I like went to the church and I, I legitimately didn't fi- see one and so i came back and i was just like hey like i, I didn't really see one and then he he was like well, well would you buy me lunch yeah and you know and that that really shook me because i should have offered you know like I, it really struck me that i kind of was just like because i'd seen him in that parking lot before um and i was just kind of like oh man like i just don't feel like being bothered like yeah my life right i'm not really seeing him and i'm making a lot of assumptions and judgments and so I ended up walking with him about two blocks to a gas station and I bought him like a hot dog and like a bag of chips and like a drink and like a couple other snacks and had a conversation. And then he didn't like go back. Like he was like, all right, well, I'm going to head off this way. And I just ended up having a good conversation with him. And what shook me with that conversation was that he was actually just like another person. Um, and that's something <laughs> that I always knew, you know, like yeah, I always knew yeah. that, like, I, you know, I've been in downtown Houston and like bought meals for, for the homeless before, but just whatever, for whatever that day I just wasn't. And, and it was of course like when I'm literally going to confession. So like I knew I had to do something, but I, I just, I didn't see an ATM. And so I was like, okay, well I don't have to be worried about it. Cause I like, I legitimately looked, but I didn't find one. Um, and then he kind of called me out on it. And when that happened, I kind of thought about Jesus's line of, you know, what you do for the least of these, uh, you do for me, you know, and like seeing Christ in that moment. And like, I really felt like he was Christ in that moment where I was like, Hey, look, I did my best. And he was like, but did you really, you know? And so I got to know him along the way and kind of like how he got to where he was. Um, It's like your little road to Emmaus. Yeah. And then it was, it was really funny because then I got to the the little, like, uh, it wasn't really a gas station. It was more of a convenience store. And like, they knew him there. You know, like that's like a lot of people have come and gotten a meals there. And so like uh, they would like I think they throw through something in for free for them. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was really uh, it was a really special sort of opportunity that I think I could have missed if, you know, when he was like, hey, can I buy you lunch? And I was like, oh, look, I don't have time. I got, you know, but I but I kind of allowed for that um, that moment of grace to enter, you know? Yeah. And so he actually responds uh, as as we move on. He says, I'm, I'm a prophet, Gordon. I know. I know. You don't have to tell me. No. So he responds as saying, my son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. Listen to me. I want a single bill from you. Nothing less, nothing more. And I told him I ain't have it and closed my door. Tell me how much a dollar costs or repeats that like first line. And so with this he says, you know, temptation is one thing I have defeated. So all I'm asking for you is one dollar. Like, that's it. And so I, it made me think of, like, the question, who defeated temptation for us all? Yeah. That being Christ on the cross, you know? And so how can we defeat temptation today? Just, like, that has nothing to do with, like, what's in the song. But just that reading that line earlier today made, that made me think, like, about just those words, defeated and then temptation together. Like, who defeated temptation? Well, Christ defeated like original sin and wipe that all away from us. So now today, if we cling to Christ or even like your story, if, if you, we see in these moments, like an opportunity to do something for Christ, clinging to that cross, then we can defeat the temptation to tell ourselves we've done enough or like actual temptation of like bigger sins or anything like that. And then even in the end, he repeats that question, how much does a dollar cost? And now that he's painted this full picture, we can see that for Kendrick in the song, a dollar apparently costs the loss of like his corporal works of mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he, he's yeah. lost mercy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I also think like, how is it that we sort of defeat temptation? And 
Well, I think, you know, obviously, like, it, it's through sort of obviously dying to ourselves, right? But I really, I really like that whole imagery or that question, rather, of, like, who defeated temptation? Because when he says, my son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. Like, for me, I get this image of, like, Jesus in disguise, you know? Well, yeah, because uh, he says, my son. Yeah, like, my son, temptation is one thing I've defeated. And, like, that, and it was just funny because of, like, the story that I just talked about at that <laughs> in San Antonio. And then, like, I hear that, and I was like, oh, man. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's really cool. Um, for for the record, I have actually never listened to this song, nor did I even look at the lyrics before getting here. So this is all new to me, guys. This is so great. It's, it's good. It's good. So then after we kind of finished that first, that was one big first stanza, we jump into the chorus. And the chorus is kind of, from what I read, it was kind of like from the perspective of God. But mm-hmm. you might not you might not know that, like listening to the song or reading the lyrics, but it just says, it's more to feed your mind, water, sun, and love, the one you love, all you need, the air you breathe. And so when you hear that, like the things that you need are water, sun, love, and air. Like these things of, well, three things of nature and one thing that stems from God. Like if, if God is love, then that's just strictly God. But other than that, it's also just like things we need. And money's not in there. Uh, your phone isn't in there. Like physical things aren't in there. Yeah, actually, so what I got, so it's water, sun, and love, the one you love. What strikes me is that it, it seems like, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's four, right? Because it sort of lists three, and then it sounds like it's more clarifying love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the one you love. And I like that it isn't it isn't phrased like somebody, like the love you're receiving, but it's about the love you're giving, right? It's about you loving somebody else. It's about having the beloved, which I think is important in, in the song because whether or not he realizes, I don't know, but it's very much that corporal work of mercy, right? That it's not so much about what we're receiving as much as what we're giving. Yeah. And then that last line too, where he's like, all you need, the air you breathe, anything about like the idea of, like the spirit, you know, being of air and like yeah. the, the breath. And so like we need we need this love, but we also need to give it. And all we really need, really need, though, is like that spirit within us and this drive to live out these works of mercy. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of for whoever tries to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, because realistically, so it's one of those paradoxical things where the more you give, the more fulfilled you are as a person. Okay. It's something that I, at least I've found in my life, that when we try to hoard things, uh, love is one of those things, particularly that when we try to hoard it, we just lose it. And it's only by giving it that it grows and spreads and actually fills us right it's not something we can just receive or uh, we can't receive but it's not something we can just take and hoard or even just receive and hoard but it's something that is given to be given away mm-hmm. um, like a lot of things in faith and so you know i think that you know when you're driving around and you see that homeless like uh, like kendrick earlier in the song and we don't give of ourselves right like we we're just like hey i don't have it like leave me alone then we end up finding ourselves unhappy. Whereas instead, if we would have taken the time to, you know, get to know that guy, buy him a meal or two, we would find that there would be more love in our hearts and it would have been a more fulfilling experience. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the Bible verse you mentioned earlier, the Luke 16, like mm-hmm. serving, two, serving two masters. I think yeah. like in that moment, like in the car when that happens or whether you're not in the car, if you're thinking, okay, I want to serve God in this moment, then you know the obvious answer would be just to go talk to that person. Whereas if you're like, I'm not going to go do that because it's uncomfortable, I don't like it, I have better things to do, then the the master you are serving is yourself. Yeah. And you are putting, you are making yourself the master above God in that moment. In that small decision, it's it it's not huge, and it happens all the time. We all do it. But like the, ultimately, when you think about that verse, that's what's happening. There, there's always two masters, and you can only serve one. And depending on the choice, it's either kind of God in that moment or yourself. So yeah, and I think, like you said, I think one one snuffs out love because, like we said, God is love, and the other one kind of like provides convenience 
but doesn't really like stoke the fire that is love. So we, we don't we don't feel that much we don't feel like that as much joy as we would if we just served love to someone else in that moment. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that it's something to be to be shared. Uh, yeah. Be given away. So moving on, this next stanza is pretty big, but I think it paints it kind of says a lot of the same stuff, but it paints a really good picture, especially because earlier you were talking about the eye, the eye contact a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and so he's talking about like he's trying to leave. He says, staring at me in disbelief. My temper is building. He's staring at me. I grab my key. He's staring at me. I started the car. Then I tried to leave. And something told me to keep it in park until I could see the reason why he was mad at a stranger. Like I was supposed to save him. Like I'm the reason he's homeless and asking me for a favor. He's staring at me. His eyes followed me with no with no laser. He's staring at me. I notice his stare is contagious because now I'm staring back at him, feeling like some feeling some type of disrespect. If I could throw a bat at him, it'd be at his neck. I never understood someone begging for goods, asking for handouts, taking if if they could. And this particular person just had it down pat. And so in this moment, only seconds have passed, but they make eye contact. And he's leaving. He asked for a dollar. He said, no, he's leaving. And so the the homeless guy is just staring at him. And at first he's like, you know, don't stare at me. you're, You're angry. But the stare became contagious to where, like, he didn't want to leave. He wanted to, like, see what was happening. And now he's, like, feeling guilty to the point he's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I didn't I didn't put you in this situation. This isn't my fault. Like, why are you staring at me? And it made me think of, like, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where, you know, God comes around and he's like, where's your brother? And he's like, am I my brother's keeper? Like, I'm not, I, I don't tend him. I'm doing my own thing. But yeah, just that idea. And I think that's why we don't like making eye contact sometimes with even normal people. Because when we make eye contact, there is this connection. And if we make eye contact with someone that we could benefit and we choose not to, then then we start to like do what he did. Where he's like, well, it's not my fault that like they're in that situation. I'm not like doing anything negative to them. I'm just choosing not to do anything at all. Yeah. So for me... Oh, gosh, the line right here, I never understood someone begging for goods, asking for handouts, taking it if they could. Uh, this particular person had it just a uh, person just had it down pat. I think that's like a lot of a lot of our mindset, you know, yeah. uh, especially in, in sort of modern America is that we're, you know, we're like, oh, man, I can't understand someone who who begs or, or is asking for handouts. And that's like such a taboo thing. And to a certain extent, I, I understand the sentiment behind it. Um, but I think where it becomes dangerous is where we start to think like we don't need anybody else and that asking for help is a bad thing and that we almost look at people who have the strength to ask for help as if something's wrong with them or there's something lesser because uh, we're not really made to make it through life alone. In a certain sense, we're all beggars and you know we all are in need of help from each other and it, it kind of goes back to that judgment, you know. It's like I never understood someone who begged them for their goods, you know. Why don't they just earn their own way? Why don't they do something? Yeah. And I think one of the things people forget with the homeless is that it's really difficult to get a job when you don't have a permanent address. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you can't. You really can't get a job unless you have a permanent address in a lot of ways. Uh, at least a legitimate job, you know. You have to maybe work under the table, and I think that's that's part of the problem. Um, is that we forget that even Jesus stumbled and needed Simon to help. Yeah, stumbled three times. Yeah. Yeah, but he kept getting back up. Yeah, and you already said it earlier, but it goes back to that Matthew 25 verse of like, whatever you do for one of the least of these, you do, whatever you do not do, whatever you do, you either do to me or you do not do to me. Yeah. Um, and so like when when you judge and you choose to walk away, like, like like with your story you know that that's that's something you're doing to christ too and in this next verse kind of closing this this last this part of this verse before the next chorus he's he says staring at me for the longest until he finally asked have you ever opened up to exodus 14 a humble man is all that we ever need tell me how much a dollar cost Um, in exodus 14 that is the chapter where the parting of the red sea and, you know, the Israelites are saved from the Egyptians and 
all these things. But when you think about the story so far, you know, Moses in the beginning, because he says a humble man is all that we ever need. And later, I think in one of the letters, Moses is referred to as extremely humble by like mm-hmm. St. Paul. But in the beginning, Moses was like, what am I supposed to do? You want me to just go and talk to the Pharaoh? Like, choose somebody else. I don't want to do this. So he was presented this situation to free the Israelites. And he's like, no, God, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. Just like Kendrick is presented this with an opportunity to give this man a dollar. And he's like, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. Do some, Give me something else. And like God proves how he can work miracles in situations in this chapter when he parts the Red Sea and proves his might when he drowns the Egyptians, people that went against God. Like, so he proves two things. And he's like, all we ever need is is Moses, this humble person who eventually succumbed to God's will and, and saved thousands. Yeah, I also see the whole notion that sort of Kendrick's problem to this point is his own pride. You right. know, that he's driving around in this nice car. He's got it all. It actually reminds me of, um, again, of the scripture uh, that is, you know, like money is the root, like when St. Paul says money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that mean? Well, it means that like when you have a lot of money, not saying that money is inherently bad, but when you have a lot of money um, is when you can start gaining pride because you forget what you actually need you forget that you're in need of god that you're in need of others you end up falling into the the chief sin of pride that you can do it all on your own and so when he says a humble man is all that we ever need i think it's also important to remember that like a humble man is all that we ever need like that's what we need to be like we need to remember humility like we need to be that humble man mm-hmm. yeah i agree and then it goes back to that course So Mm -hmm. we hear the same chorus. I won't repeat it, but kind of this thing from God, like all we need is son, the son love, you know, um, to to love. And then it jumps into this last major verse again, like this last big stanza. And it says, guilt tripping and feeling resentment. I never met a transient that demanded attention. They got me frustrated, indecisive and power tripping. Sour emotions got me looking at the universe different. And so a transient is like another meaning for like homeless um, so he's never met a, like this homeless person that's de- that demanded attention. And I think that goes back to what you said in the first part about looking at them like looking at them as people versus not people. So like he's he's so surprised that he met this person who, when he said no to his dollar, is like looking at the, looking at him like upset. And he demands not the dollar at this point, but he's like, I just realized like I don't understand the why he wants my attention. We're so different, him and I, because he's homeless. I have this really nice car. Why is he talking to me? You know, and it meant uh, I just came tonight from a worship night where we've been going over the Samaritan woman story where, like, Jesus says, hey, give me some water. And she goes, why are you a Jew asking me for water? You know, mm-hmm. he's like, why are you demanding my attention it was kind of reversed in that role where he or jesus wasn't homeless he wasn't like a transient to her she was lesser but still the same thing applies where it's like if you're lesser and someone like jesus approaches you you're like why why me and in this situation when it's us and the homeless approaches you you're like why me we're different but but yeah. we're not but we're not different yeah no i agree yeah so it comes, goes on um, and it says, I should distance myself. I should keep it relentless. My selfishness is what got me here. Who am I kidding? So I'm going to tell you like I told the last bum, crumbs and pennies, I need all mines. And I recognize this type of panhandling all the time. I got better judgment. I know when you're hustling. When I was struggling, I did compromise. Now I'm Now I comprehend. And so this one is like I should like walk away. Just like I said, any last bit, my pennies, I need them. But the one thing I love from this part is the last line. When I was struggling, I did compromise. So when, when I wasn't making good good money like I was, I would have given you a dollar. But now I comprehend what's going on because I have money. I have I've achieved wealth. And the cost of that is has lost my ability to want to give you a dollar. Because yeah. I, see, I see through some kind of act apparently that you're putting on. Yeah, again, I I think it all really goes back to 
I think it really goes back to that judgment, you know? And I think it also goes back to what happens when we make something else our God, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we make money our God, then we become jealous. We become hoarders, you know, like we hoard it for ourselves. And then we, we comprehend, quote unquote, comprehend that these people are just trying to swindle us, you know, like they don't need this money. They're just trying to steal my money. Whereas, you know, when you're struggling, you recognize the need in other people because you recognize the need in yourself and you're much more willing to give. Totally. And, and it reminds me of uh of the, the the scripture where you know you've got the the wealthy man who who gives his, his yes. money his tithe and then you've got the poor woman who gives her two her two pennies basically her two two small coins and you know what is it that that God honors more well it's those that that give of Everything. of their need instead of just their excess you know yeah yeah and I think it's something we've seen so far it's like what is this dollar really to Kendrick. In retrospect, it's nothing to him. Yeah. And what is this dollar to this homeless person? It means everything. Yeah. Like the value of that dollar to each other is is totally different. And so, yeah, that's a good verse. So he said, it ends like this. He said, he looked at me and he said, know the truth. It'll set you free. And this is the homeless person speaking. Know the truth. It'll set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the son of Jehovah, the higher power the choir that spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth, and I'll tell you just how much a dollar cost, the price of having a spot in heaven. Embrace your loss. I am God. Yeah, you go. Yeah. Hey, uh, so like I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't know any of this earlier, but I called it. Uh, <laughs> I am a prophet. Yeah, no, I think that that's what it is. I mean, that is totally Matthew 25, you know. When I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, those who answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry and not help you? And truly, I tell you, whenever, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you do not do for me. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And it, it remind, it's just one of those things where, you know, Jesus is in the least of those. You know, when I was, when I did my mission, uh, in India, when I was over in Kolkata, like that was something that I had desired to find, and I truly found was was sort of Christ in in the poor, and and I and I try to see that now here, even domestically, that it's my chance to console the heart of Christ, you know, console the wounds of, of Jesus. But yeah, I I just I love that whole spot. And it reminds me too of the uh, the the rich man who asks, "What do I need to do to inherit the kingdom?" Yes, um, sell all you have. Yes, yeah, sell all you have and follow me. And it says he went away sad. sad. Uh, and Jesus says, "It is easier to enter. Uh, it is easier for a camel to pass through the head of a needle right. than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God." It's not because like you can't have money and and also be holy. It's because you fall into this trap of, of becoming prideful and forgetting that you need God or treating that money or, or, or anything as, as your God when God is your God. Not, like if we're not willing to give up, if there's something in our lives we're not willing to give up for God, that is the thing we need to give up the most because it is what's going to prevent us from entering the kingdom. Yeah. And so that is the, the, the cost of the dollar, right, that we were yeah, talking about. Exactly. What are we willing to give up? Well, you're willing to give up heaven. You know, you're willing to give up salvation. Mm -hmm. And how many people out there are willing to do that through their actions? Maybe they wouldn't say they are, but through what they do. Like I said, this stuff, I think this, it's it's hard because I know like when we talk about, some people can be bogged down of like people talking about the homeless because there's other ways to serve other people too. It's not just the homeless, but yeah, I think that it just happens all the time. Like this is something I think especially once you start driving if you're in a city like for me being in houston when i was in georgia being around atlanta it was just something you saw and almost saw so much that you just became numb to it and mm-hmm. so you, that you like you're like okay I, I i'll help this one but by this you know by by this block i'm gonna be out of things to do so i'm just not gonna help any of them and there is there's a there is a price to that what Jesus, ultimately, not the homeless man, but what Jesus has ended up saying is like, well, you're, you haven't, you're doing that against me. And so you're doing that against your place in the kingdom. 
And it yeah. ends with this last bridge. Kind of sings it very much like the chorus, but it's a bridge. It's a little different. It says, I washed my hands. I said my grace. What more do you want from me? Tears of a clown. Guess I'm not all what it's all meant to be. Shades of gray will never change if I condone. Turn this page. Help me change to right my wrongs. Yeah. Um, and I think he's repenting in a sense. It seems like he's realized what where he's been placed and realized where he's gotten to. But I love that imagery in the beginning of like, you know, Pontius Pilate. I washed my hands. I said yeah. my grace. Which Pontius Pilate, if you think about that story, he didn't see anything wrong with Jesus. And he thought it was not his fault for where Jesus had gotten um, up to this point because of the people that brought him there. And so he washed his hands like, I'm, you know, I cleanse myself. This is not of me. Do with him what you will in the sense of like, you know, you guys do it. But he still played a part. He still had to like condemn him because that was a political figure. And I think in this, it goes back to when we think like, it's not my fault. You're homeless. It's not my fault. You're in the situation, but still in this economic sense or in this bigger picture, we all play this part. Yeah. What strikes me too is I washed my hands. I said, my grace, what more do you want from me? You know, he's like, I I did all the right things. You know, I was the rich man. I did all the 10 commandments, right? I, I did, you know, I went through the motions. I did what I needed to do. And then we come face to face with, with what St. Paul's talking about, about how you can do everything right, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. And, you know, for all that he was doing, you know, he's, I, I have the idea of like, I washed my hands, right? I, I stopped maybe sinning in some way. I, I said my grace, you know, I prayed, but he, he didn't let the gospel translate into his actions. And that that's what was called, is it, you know, God doesn't just call us to change. Like, yes, he calls for us to be renewed. He calls for us to take up our cross, die, and then come into new life. But he then calls us to go out into the world and be his hands and feet and to to serve the poor, to change the world yeah, and to play our part in that. And I think that's where he's missing. And so I think that's where he, he starts to have more of that uh, that repentance is that he, you know, he realizes that just going through the motions isn't enough. You know, he's got to let it change who he is. I agree. Yeah. And he knows kind of in the end, like, turn this page of mm-hmm. like who he, who he was. Help me change to right my wrongs. And so like, he's not saying like, help my wrongs be right now, but like, just help me change. So he knows through repentance and prayer and just attempting to try again, that will eventually right his wrongs, but it's not going to be immediate. He has to, he has had a change of heart uh, yeah. to begin. Yeah. Cool. Do you have anything else? I think that's it that I got from it. Do you have a, do you have a challenge for the week? I think so. I was thinking on like this idea of like poor in spirit, mm-hmm. like like try to find someone that you see once in your weekly routine okay. that you think is like poor in spirit, whether that's like spiritually. So like, you know, some people that don't know who God is are poor in spirit, but they're wealthy and fine. Maybe they're poor in spirit because they are like physically poor as well. Maybe it's just someone that you, you've always seen. They seem fine, but they you you've kind of the more you like reflect on it prayerfully you're like actually i've never seen them with anybody else so i I don't know if they have any friends just something like that and like i don't know say hello do something so i'll give you an option this week either do that like reflect on someone somehow somewhere within your routine that you think you can like uplift their spirit or look at the list of corporal works of mercy like feeding clothing the naked feeding the hungry any of those and like Pick one to just go out and do this week. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any shout-outs you have besides Ty, obviously? Yeah, aside from Ty. Ty, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I don't know if I mentioned this this episode or on our original take at this point, but you know, I just found out you're kind of a super fan. I mean that like with much love and respect, and that's awesome. Yeah, which is great because Gordon was our original super fan, and look where that got him. Exactly. Yeah. I hope we're not repeating ourselves, but I don't remember. <laughs> well, you'll you'll know when we edit. <laughs> we had a third patron sign on. His name is Trent Miles, and so I just want to give him a shout out, just because we said we would, but also just shout out to Trent. The three of you, Kinsey, Ty, and Trent together, um, 
have helped us reach our first goal on Patreon. We have two different goals. One being if we got so much, we would recuperate the costs we put into this podcast. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen right away. But like now, we each year from here on out, we are breaking even for what we do. Um, we've said it before. Nothing goes into our pockets. This is all just to, like I said, to pay for what we're putting out for you guys. And now the next goal that we're trying to still raise with more patrons that are needed would be to get better equipment. So we would get better microphones, capabilities to have three sets for three of us, uh, maybe even video equipment. So we can like kind of, you know, I don't know if you've noticed that stuff's kind of slowed down, but like if we can, if we could venture into that, it would be, we need the right equipment to do it. Um, I, uh, I still don't have a camera, so it makes things very difficult. Exactly. So all these things are things that we're working up to. But right now, just thank, thank you three. Thank you, listeners. Like, even the ones that aren't patrons, just for listening, we only exist because you exist. Um, so it means means the world to all of us. Yeah, do you have any shout-outs? Um, I do not at this particular moment. But I will say... Just for a little pre-post-credit tidbit of information for you, I'm going to uh, tear the veil, peel back the illusion that I'm intelligent, and let you know that before we started recording, (laughs) we were having some major issues. I couldn't hear Gordon. And I'm like, I can't. Can you hear me? He's like, I can hear you. He's like shaking his head yes. And we're like messaging back and forth. And I'm like, I have no idea what's like... All the settings are the same. I have no idea why I can't hear you this time. And he hits me with the silly question, but is your volume up? At the same time, I was checking the volume, and the answer was no. The I did not turn the volume on my computer up. So yeah. take that for what you will. I hope that you don't think less of me, that you think <laughs> – I hope that you don't discredit everything I just said in this episode. But just keep in mind that if I did say anything that was wrong, this is – definitely a thing that i have done before so uh thank you guys again please be sure to maintain contact with us uh check out our website thechristinculture.com to see blogs videos once you start getting those back up well as sort of the full collection of our podcast obviously you can email us find us on social media twitter and facebook and just please let us know what you guys are listening to um what you guys like ty would like to see us do a podcast with also if you guys like the podcast please 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 prayerfully consider again like ty becoming a patron on patreon name drop in that name huh well this episode was very much for him (laughs) it was something he requested he kind of like the things that we do at the end of the episode he actually did and i appreciate it and so he did it all and so we just ask uh, if you want to be name dropped like ty (laughs) just do it all you know and so seriously like gordon i already mentioned with patreon i will not beat a dead horse Uh, you guys understand why it's important Um, but please prayerfully consider it and uh thank you guys again for joining us on the adventure especially you ty my man ty